Hey everyone, it's Dom. Thanks for checking out the clubhouses. This is a clubhouse from last week with a surprise guest, Ian Happ. Thanks everyone for checking in and make sure to tune in to Clubhouse and Morale Supply Co. for updates in the future. Thanks again. God bless you and your family. in the games I know I was going on the rants last week about marquee I still stand by what I said back then um you know we have to be able to watch the games it's been it's been said too many times I understand the COVID protocols it's not the point it's the point of like getting the content to your fans coming up with new creative interactive shows what have you to really show that your product matters but that's not the point the point is that the Cubs are looking great um Considerably speaking, uh, I mean, Trevor Williams has been solid. The bullpen's been looking solid. Granted, I know it's spring training. I understand. But when you look at the sum of everything that's happening, I don't think there's anything right now that says that the Cubs are not going to be competitive short of a trade um, that, you know, very well could be down the road, depending on what happens with these extensions. I thought it was very interesting that the Chris Bryant news came out yesterday. Uh, that article he wrote with Whitmire. Uh, I, wa- I I read a bit of it. I'm not going to say I read the whole thing. I, I read, you know, got the gist of it in terms of the fracture that he had um, with one of his fingers, I believe, or wrist last year. It's kind of the same thing we've always thought with Chris Bryant being hurt, how it affects him. Obviously, if you're hurt, you're not going to be playing up to your fullest potential. And, you know, it's definitely hindered him in the past. Definitely lead some fans uh, being skeptic in terms of, you know, what we can expect from him long term. And I don't know if the Cubs are really close towards an extension. It just seems this this like this same old pattern of you never really hear Chris Bryant talking about, hey, you know, I, I want to negotiate throughout the season. I want to do this. I want to do that. It's more of I'll listen to any offer that you give more giving a cold shoulder to the negotiating process not saying he's not willing to negotiate it's just a def it's definitely a different tone compared to anthony rizzo that's saying i want to win a championship here in chicago i want to be the the guys this team back to a, a championship in a world series same thing with hobby saying that he'll extend his window of negotiation which he said would close at the beginning of the regular season so overall um I don't want to say it's troubling or shocking to see. You can just see the uh, the differences compared to how other players on the team are talking in terms of extensions. But other than that, the team looks great. Jock, we've talked about it enough, looks phenomenal. Uh, there's plenty of other players that are looking awesome. Hopefully, Bert uh, can continue on his track. I know he had a rough outing or two, but there's some decisions that have to be made. Uh, what are you going to do with Shelby Miller? Is Trevor Williams your fifth starter? Obviously, you know, Jake's in the fold, Davies, Hendricks, so on and so forth. So things are going to be shaking out soon, but the season's right around the quarter, and uh, I'm excited as well. I feel like there's there's only so much you can say about spring training. Like, most people don't even like to even 
take too much into account until like the first few weeks of, of the regular season. Um, who are, who are Wilbon? So if that, if that's the case, you're a Wilbon, respectively speaking, you're a Wilbon. <laughs> if you're like, all right, yeah, I'll check in at like, Whatever week. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying in terms of you know having like heavy heavy criticism about certain things I, when players are. I understand. I yeah. understand, but there are those people too that are like, all right, I'll check in like at the end of April. We'll see how we're doing. Oh yeah, no, I mean yeah, just just seeing baseball on TV. If if Marky never get it on is a blessing. So Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. people love to get it back in their lives. Um, Absolutely. And one thing that you. You know, maybe you're just getting so big now. Who knows? But you didn't even mention yet. You've got an assistant to, to director of morale. Yeah. A big leader. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, not surprising. Everyone who knows who it is assists uh, officially the assistant to the uh, director of morale. I have trouble saying it myself. But um, not to bury the lead or anything, but everyone just uh, – Everyone just stay tuned. There's some there's some cool stuff ahead and I think everyone's going to be excited about it. I'm excited about it. Adam, I know you're excited about it. Um and it's going to be a fun thing for the definitely the 21 season and hopefully beyond. So, um again, not trying to bury the lead, but we do have a new assistant to the director of morale and he's I think playing in a big league major league uh, big league spring training game right now starting in center field leading off as well so um stay tuned i'm not bearing the lead but uh there's some exciting stuff on the way that hopefully everyone will find uh interesting and uh want to hop on like all the other stuff we do great i never said a word to the guy but you have to start to think about the power dynamics in the company and i'm vp of morale is just ian happen underneath me it's those are the things i'm starting to think about i don't know no no he's I mean, I don't want to speak for him, but I think he, I think he's a, I think he's a, he's a good soldier. Not saying he's not important, but I mean, Adam, you know, your role, you're, you're very important here. Um, and like I've always told Ian, and as I continue to tell Ian, we're going to continue to build this relationship and, uh, you know, same way he's going to continue to, you know, find his way into the fold of uh, morale supply company, which what I'm hinting at will uh, increase as, I mean, within the next couple of weeks for sure. Yeah. I mean, on a real note, he's been like as transparent as like you've wanted players to be as you've been on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Kind of like, sure. um, oh, yeah. After originally maybe big league you in the beginning, but he's like been transparent about it and just trying to like learn about your movement and get into it, which has been awesome to see. Yeah, he's fully he's fully bought in I, and more than I think people actually understand because uh, they don't see the behind-the-scenes stuff. But he's uh, – I mean, I've said it before. I've been saying it for years. Now I can really say it because I actually know the guy, but he's uh, he's awesome. And I'm very thankful for, you know, whether it be me going on the podcast or the stuff that's coming up in the future, the whole deal. I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped about it. And like I've been saying before, he's a prime candidate to receive an extension by this organization because of – all the various skills he brings to the table and hopefully he can be here uh, for a long time. Awesome. All right, you guys keep uh start raising your hands and now and get your questions ready. Any comments you have in the past week around the Cubs around morale. Um, 
while everyone's kind of starting to come in, just so you guys know, um, two things of business. One, all the orders came in and uh, are shipping out probably next week or so. Um, our business are running all the University of Illinois prints for March Madness, so it's a little busy. So thank you for your patience, but they'll be going out hopefully by the end of next week. Um, and then, Fred, you want to give out the, the sponsor sponsorship right now? Sponsor, Eric Walensky State Farm, Northwest Side. Just west of Edgebrook, uh, off of Devon. I think it's on Milwaukee. State Farm Insurance Agent. I'm not an Allstate customer, even though they want to try to get me uh, to be one. 773-775-2000 for home, life, auto, and rent. Tell them I sent you, and I guarantee you he's going to treat you well. Um, so make sure you reach out to him if you're looking for any of your insurance needs. All right, bringing on uh, what's the bio here? Bringing on husband, dad, and little league coach Adam Cress. Adam, what's up? Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, long time uh, Twitter follower, first time clubhouser, but ready Thank to talk you. Cubs. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Yeah, so you're shifting gears a little bit, and this is always a fun like Twitter topic. But what what do you guys think it's actually going to take? to get Sammy Sosa back at Wrigley and appreciated? What would you put the under over at on what year it's going to happen? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would probably, in terms of like years forward, I'm, I still don't think it happens within another five years. I hate to, I hate to say it that way, but I, it, I mean, it, it pains me. I've been on this charge for years, ever since I started Twitter. I mean, Listen, I'm not saying Sammy should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying Sammy yeah. should be uh, idolized as one of the greatest baseball players of all time. All I'm looking for is for Sammy to be somewhat – I don't even talk – like some ounce of respect for what he did for this franchise and more important for the fans. And I get that fans aren't – like there's some fans that are never going to forgive him, whatever. But if, when you really think about it and you put everything into context, he was playing against guys who were doing the same exact thing. He brought this franchise in a sport out of some really rough times after the yeah. strike. And those are some things that, like, for the Ricketts family, they have profited so heavily off of Sammy. And, again, just bring him out to the park. Let him sing the seventh-inning stretch. Let him throw out the first pitch. Let him be some – let him be, let him have some, like, anything, any, some face. In terms of some face of the franchise, let him have some opportunity to do that. Um, because there's so many fans that would appreciate it. And for myself, I mean, the reason for not necessarily why I'm a Cubs fan, but why I'm such a strong baseball fan is watching Sammy Sosa go off, off during the home run race and watching him, you yeah. know, hit those home run, those home runs on command. I hate to say it like I did, but I, I don't think within five years that the Ricketts family – Crane Kenny and everyone in the leadership in leadership positions in the Chicago Cubs organization has to check their ego at the door and just say, you know what? It's not about us anymore. We weren't here. Let's give yeah. the fans what they want. And I think predominantly there are so many fans that agree with what I'm saying and just want to see him back in the friendly confines in the federal landmark. So we can just enjoy, you know, what he, he did here as a Cub, like we do all the other Cubs that get, you know, trotted out at the Cubs convention or throughout. Yeah, exactly. The yeah, I, I don't get it. You don't have to retire the guy's number. Um, and, exactly. and no, he's not going to go into the hall anytime soon, if ever. But um, I just, it's so weird to me. Like who in ownership or Crane or whoever, who's who's got the beef? Like so, someone flat out at the end of the day has been asked before, hey, 
what do you think? You want to think about bringing him in? So, someone is flat out saying no, and it just not let oh, it yeah, happen. Sure. Yeah, for sure, which is unfortunate because considering that they weren't there at the time, uh, maybe Crane was there at the time, but yeah. overall, it's just like, you know what, man? Check your ego at the door. Just take your medicine and give the fans what they want, especially after they've had some – I mean, with, think about all the, all the different things that have happened with this organization, and I'm out here trying to tread water and try to save face for the, many of the stupid decisions they've made. Um, you know, just for one time, make the right PR move. One yeah. time, and just – Check your ego at the door and let's move forward with this. Yeah, if they if they make it back to the playoffs, if they were to bring him out for a surprise first pitch, the, I, I mean the roof would blow off that place. People would go nuts. The, the I mean, morale would game. be off the charts. We wouldn't lose the game. There's no chance we'd lose the game if Sammy Sosa throws out the first pitch. Tell me otherwise, and you can, you can't tell me otherwise. You can't. I wouldn't try. It would be incredible. <laughs> Thanks again, man. I appreciate yep, it. Yep, take it easy. Thanks, Adam. All right, anyone else want to raise your hand and come up? Questions, uh, comments, anything going on? Recently with Cubs, we got Press back in here. Press is coming up in a second. We all know Press. A novelist yep. creative at Salesforce and a musician. What's up, Press? What's up, fellas? Hey, Press. How you doing? Oh, good, man. Good, man. How are you doing? Good. Good. Uh, I got a question that I I um I'm curious your take on. I mean, the minor league uh, experimental rules, especially around you know infield positioning. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, what are your thoughts? Have you heard anything from like players about their thoughts? Do you think it'll reach majors? Like, what's your take? I'm a big proponent of anti-shift because ultimately the game is going to have to change. The pitchers are way too good, and unless you're going to push the mound back, which I don't think people necessarily want to do, not only would it, not only would it make the game different, but it also like totally changes hitting. Like who's ever hit from like sixty whatever, sixty eight or seventy feet back? It's it, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. You have to change the fields around. It'd be so much different. And then you're talking about the effects it would have on little league, uh, high school, college. It would be a mess. The point is, I think the fact of, again, I'm not a traditionalist by any sense, but I do think we need to have the opportunity to reward hard contact in the game. And like with all the strategy that goes on, I get it, I understand it, but it's not just so easy where you can tell Ian Happ, specifically because I've talked to him about it a lot, where you can just tell him, hey, hit the ball the other way, figure it out. It's like, it's not going to happen. These guys have been doing this for their whole lives. They got to the big leagues for this reason. And the fact that we just expect them to make these crazy changes within their swing crazy because it actually is considering they've been doing this for so long against the world's best pitching and the time of the best, literally the best level of pitching our world baseball world has ever seen. Um, it's ridiculous. We need to reward guys like Kyle Schwarber and Anthony Rizzo who hit the ball hard for our lefties. It would make the game more fun. We'd get more action, more guys on base, more things would happen. And it would really challenge the pitchers when they have literally everything going for them right now. You don't like you don't have an electronic strike zone. You don't have this. You don't have that. You can doctor the balls. I mean, literally, an MLB is not going to say anything. I know they had the, uh, you know, bouncy ball they were playing with a couple of years ago, the golf ball, in terms of the home run spike. But overall, I mean, this is a pitcher league right now, and – you need to promote contact. You need to promote the ball and play because if it's just going to be strikeout, homer, walk, 
it's just really hard to watch. And I think everyone can agree with that. And I'm not someone, I, I just know the reality. It's, it's not just so easy where you can just put the ball in play because no one wants to see ground outs all the time. They want to see hits, men in scoring position, runners on base, runs. And I think the best way to do that is to eliminate the shift and put some guidelines on how we can play defense in the game that really promotes and uh, benefits the game overall in the long term. Yeah, that that's cool. I think I'm I'm I anti-shift myself. Um, a follow-up yeah. question: I had not heard. I don't feel like I've heard anything about moving the mound back. Is that like something that that someone out, out in the world is actually considering? Yeah, I mean it's definitely been considered. I mean, we talked about if my if my memory serves me correctly, they put the they lowered the mound on what back in the oh I don't even know the the era, but you understand what I'm saying. They they lowered the mound. Yeah. Um, and if they move the bound back, it's like you're talking about pitches that, I mean, you're going to throw a slider from 70 feet away. You're going to try to throw a changeup. I mean, it's like, again, I don't even think it would benefit the pitcher. It might lead to more injuries. I, I just don't think moving the bound back is the correct thing. I think the simple way is to say, hey, second base, you got to play within these guidelines. You can't shift over the base. You can't be in the outfield. You have to be on the dirt. And then, you know what? If you want to shift, if you want to shift in the four hole, fine. You can shift in the four hole. But you're just you better be where you better be ready to wear a like 115 mile an hour ground ball off of Kyle Schwarber's bat, and then let's see how it happens. So I'm totally cool with that. Um, but I think that's the most reasonable and best outcome in terms of how we can fix some of the struggles and many of the annoyances that that occur in today's uh, modern era. Yeah, interesting stuff. I feel like if you move the mound back, you're just causing more time between the charging batter who wants to fight meeting the pitcher. And that's exactly. not, that's not good. Yeah. Not good either. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I don't, I don't think that's the way to go. I think it's way too, uh, I don't know. It's way too drastic. And I think both sides get affected there where in terms of, you know, offense, defense. Yeah. I mean, the pitcher's gonna, pitcher's gonna hurt a little bit cause they're not going to have the shift, but it's not like it's going to affect their actual well being or their, you know, uh, their arm in any sense because they're not trying to throw harder to get to the plate, so on and so forth. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully those changes can be made soon, and I'm excited to seeing it. Again, I'm not this traditionalist. I'm not someone who like needs the ball in play every single you know at bat. But I do think to serve all the fans, it would benefit us overall, considering yeah. where shifting has gone. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I appreciate the answer, man. You Look, got God it. bless Thanks again. God bless you and your family as always. God bless you and um, your family. I appreciate it, Press. Quick, quick shout out. I love Ian Happ. I got my from the dugout on the uh, wall here. And since this is a, a rare moment where there's a chance you can hear me, I, I love you, man. Go Cubs. Thanks, guys. He'll be on soon. He'll be on soon. Don't worry. Cool. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Press. I think he's on now. What? Hey, I'm bringing him in. I'm bringing him now. <laughs> Just silently waiting in the crowd. I didn't know you were in. I'm in. You didn't tell first, me you were coming in. First clubhouse experience. Thanks for that. Uh, whoever that was that just said they have the through my eyes hanging. Love that. Yeah. Uh, live from live from camp. I thought I would jump in before you're done. Thanks for just, being here. Just inject some morale. Um. Well, many people were asking specifically that uh, you're now the assistant to director. Um, how do you feel? 
Ivan specifically asked you, I know we were talking yesterday, but Ivan specifically asked you, how does it feel? Uh, it feels wonderful. I'm glad to uh, have been promoted. I'm going to leave that plaque in the office in Sloan as long as it'll be up there. I will check when I get back next year and see if it's still there. Uh, and we'll see how long it lasts. But the assistant to the director of morale is forever. And I, again, I haven't been, I, I'm not bearing any leads in, but I'm just saying I like we've been talking about, there's some news on the way and that I'm just going to leave it at that. And I think big again, news. your addition as the assistant, big news as the addition to the, uh, as the assistant to the director, um, this is one step in the right direction. I had, uh, I had some big news, a uh, big news call earlier and it's, I'm just so excited about it. I, I'm, Again, we're, I'm, I'm not bearing the lead. I'm not bearing the lead, but I'm fired up. Ian, before you go, I know you're busy. Can you give us some, uh, some, like, where is everyone's head at in camp? I know people listen to the podcast, but um, give us some, give us some tidbit for the people in the clubhouse right now in terms of uh, where's everyone's heads at in camp. Everybody's absolutely fired up. We had an off day yesterday. We had recharge the battery. The one off day is spring. Got to take advantage of that. It went out. Played golf, very important. Uh, but everybody's excited. Yeah. I think the lineups meshing. We got check that lineup out today. That's going to roll out tonight at Sloan Park. Uh, that's that's solid. We're gonna yes. A lot of loud noises off barrel. So everybody's excited. We got two more weeks here to get everything right. But pitching staff looks great. The starters have looked really really good. Uh, a lot of good additions in the bullpen. Workmen, Miguel's doing well. Uh, and, and we still have guys coming back. You know, Rowan's coming back. And, um, vibe here is good. A lot of positivity. But that comes. That starts with. It starts with the one and only director of morale. Well, I appreciate that. Um, and hopefully we can get, get some more guys on board. But hopefully that happens uh, as the big news trickles in in a couple yeah. of weeks. I'm. I'm gonna go smash baseballs in the cage and make a few holes. All right, my man. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. See ya. All right. I'll talk to you later. Gotta love surprise guest appearance. That surprise was guest. Surprise guest. I didn't know that was gonna happen. I had no I'm driving home from work right now. I had no idea. It's the magic of the clubhouse of Dom's I, drive home. And I and I had been telling him, I said, you gotta get on clubhouse. It's easy, it's simple, there's a lot of morale in the clubhouse. Um, and hopefully for the people at uh for the people who are living uh listening, whether it's on Periscope or in the uh live stream. Appreciate that. Hopefully next time uh, he joins and we can actually have a longer form conversation for everyone to, you know, share their thoughts and ask questions. All 24 of us got, got the show. So it was great. All but I thought it's streaming on Periscope too. No, it is. I'm just playing it down. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I think that, that, that goes to, to press there for bringing them in. Yeah. I, whoever, I, I had no idea that was going on. Guys, that was like legitimately in like my top five uh, greatest <laughs> memories of Cub fandom. I think just what it just happened today. Seriously, <laughs> I love it. I love it. it I'm t I again. I don't think people totally see it. I I know Adam and I know, but I I don't mean like I know I fluff everything up. I know I'm someone who like can can really hammer the point home. But he is all about morale. And uh, I can't be more grateful. More, I mean, and again, I know there's all the morale athletes, 
but there's never been someone who's been as um, appreciative and engaged as he is. And uh, I can't wait for, for the stuff that's coming. Yeah. Again, I haven't, I haven't even spoken to him yet, but the transparency with him just jumping in this clubhouse as he's on his way to hit some balls is shows that he's a uh, pretty open with the Cubs fans and ready to just kind of talk and jump in with five random listeners or speakers is awesome. Um, Jake, Good to have you back on, graphic designer, Cubs fan. What's up, Jake? Hey guys, hey, that, yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> I saw, I saw it half like flash in uh, for like a second, and I was like, and then he went away. I was like, oh my god, I hope he comes back. Um, so it's cool to have him come in. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to be here, Fred, Adam. Good to, Thanks, good to talk again. to you guys. Um, yeah. So the question that that I have, um, Dom, you kind of mentioned the uh, the interview with Bryant and Gordon Wittenmeyer. And uh, I don't know if you've listened to the, 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 the podcast of it, but it's really interesting perspective. Like I really like how Bryant's really come out and been more vocal in the last couple of years. He really seems like he's grown into himself and um, you know, he's headstrong in his opinions and convictions. And I'm like, I really admire that as a fan and he's not afraid to, to vocalize like what, what he's thinking. Um, yeah. I was wondering, so like the, I think the biggest takeaway was hearing that um, there was like a pressure fracture in his left wrist that he got during that, that slide. I think it was in Cincinnati or Cleveland yeah. uh, last year. And, and hearing that, um, you know, what, like six months later, I think that's the biggest takeaway we can have, um, you know, that, that he was injured. And, and that obviously when you wrist, you can't swing a bat against a 95 mile an hour fastball with a fractured wrist. But um, I'm curious, kind of like what, what's your take on Bryant being vocal like that? And, um, and, and how do you, you know, I guess, what do you expect out of him this season? I think I'm always going to be an advocate of a player, cha not changing the narrative, but straightening the narrative to what the truth actually is. And I think it's wrong many times where media just takes what a guy says and, you know, changes it up. And to, to the point, like what we saw with Jesse Rogers and him a couple months ago, like, especially now with social media, like the players should just say what they feel. And I totally understand that the players, again, I'm not a player, but I can sympathize in a sense, like they don't want to go out on a limb and say specific things because then it can be used as a receipt or old takes exposed. Like I get it. I understand that you don't want to be a, you know, sitting target, but overall I said it before. I am a big fan of Chris. I would extend him over Javi, not to alienate one guy or another, but I am coming from this perspective that we're not going to be able to sign three guys this offseason, and there's going to be one guy that's left off. Nothing against Javi. I just trust the bat of Chris Moore. Um, I think Javi's a great player. But overall, I just think when Chris has been healthy, like I've said in the past, going back to 2019, he's been a productive player, and you want productive players on your roster. Is he a guy who's going to be a top three, a top five player in Major League Baseball? No, not necessarily. But can he be a, a top 25 guy? Absolutely. And I think if the if the price is right and he's shown that he can control the strike zone and he seems like a guy who, I mean, when he's healthy, he plays well and he produces and he hits the ball hard and he you know hits for power, he's a guy you want on your roster and he's hard to find long term. So overall, I hope something can be figured out. I don't know, know if that's necessarily the case, but good for Chris going out and engaging, I mean, or at least telling his story 
with the the media. I do think, though, and this is not a knock at Chris, I do think, though, at times, and I mentioned this last or last week or two weeks ago, I feel like he hasn't totally uh, engaged with the city enough to where he at times can be left out to be viewed as simply a Boris client that's trying to get the most money in free agency or whether it be the, um, the uh, you know, manipulation of his service time. Like I under- he has every right to defend that. I-, I totally understand it. But I think at times if he was a little bit more open with the fans and he doesn't have to do a Gordon, Gordon Whitner, Gordon Whitmire piece, you know, in his seventh year with the team, I think that would change it over time. Maybe that's just maybe maybe I'm I'm wrong with that, but I feel like he has a little different tone or a little different experience with the fans compared to other players. I might be totally off base with that. If you if you disagree, I'm more than happy to talk about it. But that's just what I've noticed, no, I, and I'm happy that he's been able to come out and speak. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think you know I think that's part of the reason why like I felt you know starting maybe in like 2017 or 18 that. Rizzo seemed to be like, you know, you kind of put those guys with each other because they've been with the team or like at least in the spotlight of the Cubs team the longest. Um, And Rizzo is very, very clearly involved in the city of Chicago and loves the city of Chicago. And you kind of are always waiting for Bryant to like, I don't know, reach that same level or kind of just like show that he was really invested in the city and the fan base. And Maybe yeah. it's just not maybe it's just not in his personality to be that way, right? Like maybe he's more of like kind of a Mike Trout kind of guy where he, you know, just kind of plays the game and like he'll you know speak when when spoken to. But yeah, I, I agree with you. And for the record, I, I think I said this a couple weeks ago too. I'm with you that I'd rather extend Bryant the same reason you said that I think his bat's more reliable. Um yeah. but I think you know, Dom, what you're doing with morale here is is fantastic. And having Ian on board is is makes it even more legitimized because I think if the morale movement was as strong now as it was, you know, five, four, four or five years ago, I think that momentum could have helped, you know, get more fans on board with Bryant and pushing back against the trade rumors because. I, one of the yeah. biggest storylines, story obviously, this offseason is Bryant saying, like, you know, which again was taken out of context, but Bryant saying, you know, he doesn't have as much fun playing baseball. And it's because of the business, man. Could you imagine, like, going out to your job every day and, like, hearing, like, oh, you may essentially get cut from the team and sent to another team? Like, imagine trying to function every day knowing that that's what's being talked about behind the scenes your entire tenure. And Cubs fans, I feel like, it was kind of our responsibility. Like, you know, we don't have ultimate control over what moves are made, but it's kind of our responsibility to go out and say, like, no, we back the players. We love this guy. We want yeah. him on our team. And, and yeah, I think, you know, something like that happens now in the future with, with you at the helm and, and Hap is, um, you know, the, the assistant, obviously Adam as well. I don't mean to knock Adam. Um, no, he gets yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, you know, having a movement like this, um, you've got a lot of momentum that if, if if there are rumors out there, like you can help quell them and, and stoke the fire of the fans. And uh, I'd be interested to see like how, how different things may have been a few years ago if we had something like this uh, when the Bryant trade rumors first started. Well, Jake, I really appreciate that. Those are very kind words. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I do find it unfortunate at times that he's been dangled uh, you know, like a carrot in front of a horse, 
uh, for the last couple of years. Again, you know, it, I don't think it's all, I don't think it all falls on Chris. I don't think it all falls on the team. I think it's a mix of both kind of what I've been talking about the whole time. I think the fact that, like I said, he's been, you know, out there on the trade market for three years. And I, I've said this a bunch of times and no offense to the guy, but it's like, I've even questioned at times. I'm like, is he even on the team? Like nothing against him. But when, like you said, when you have guys just, out there in the wind, like, is he av- – clearly he's been available for three years. Clearly there's some type of disconnect with whether it be the relationship or where they are for a potential contract. That's tough as a fan. And, I, and I, I've said it in the past, I hope we can learn from this moving forward to understand that long-term it really does affect the psyche of the player. It affects the psyche of the fan base. It affects the psyche of what you're uh, promoting in terms of a team to the rest of the to the rest of the 2019s and to the league. So hopefully we can learn from it. Again, I'm a big fan of Chris, uh, but Jake, those are very kind words. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you. It's 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 nice to have the positivity in our corner and, and someone someone great that's invested leading the leading the way. So thanks, Tom. You got it. Thanks again. All right, Fred, you got like a little less than 10 minutes, right? Maybe like yeah. five minutes left? Yeah, 10 or so minutes. All right, we'll bring Seth on for the for the last question. And if press Jake or Adam have anything more to say, we'll put them in and then you close this out. Seth, what's up? Hey, Fred, I just want to pick up uh, where you left off there with Jake. I mean, the you know, you're, you look at where the Cubs are at right now with guys like, I mean, you've got Chris Bryant, a recognizable face of the team, superstar, who they've been, frankly, treating like shit for the last three years. Um, Then you've got the team union rep with this exploding podcast, plus a new job being assistant to the director of morale. Yep. Um, Heading into a CBA year. Oh yeah. How do you see having players with this prominent of a voice and this prominent of a prominent of a platform uh, coming out of, pandemic pay cuts, yep. the stuff Brian's been going through. Uh, how do you see this stuff playing into the next round of CBA talks? Seth, that's a great question. I think it's a major, major issue that we are not talking about enough. And I think you're totally right, totally justified in saying they're coming off, you know, the pandemic pay. And, you know, I mean, they couldn't even come to agreement this year on whether or not we're going to have a DH in the playoff. I mean, it's a mess. And I think you're totally right to the fact of, and I'm not going to speak for Ian and I don't want to speak for any other player, but their voice is, they, they have the uh, loudest voice that they've ever had in the league's history. And they are not afraid to say what they want. And especially when you have a uh, commissioner in Rob Manfred who puts his foot in his mouth all the time and seemingly cannot make the right decision, even if it's right, if it slaps them right in the face. Um, that's the troubling thing. These guys are smart. They, I, I think they're very reasonable from, you know, from me talking to play, like when you're, when you're just talking to them, you're saying like, like, what do y'all want? What's the deal? What's this? What's that? I mean, it's very reasonable. And as I've said before, I mean, many of these front offices, they are just savages, man. And they're going to cut corners, whatever way they can to try to get like their costs down as much as possible. Going back to what the Mariners president said a couple weeks ago, I mean, case in point right there, that's perfect evidence for the players. And you know that there's going to be a bunch of owners who are going to be super salty. I'm not here trying to, uh, you know, bring Tom Ricketts 
uh, feet to the fire all the time. But, I mean, he's he's almost case in point to where, um, you know, he says biblical losses and this and that. Like, it's tough, man. It, it's tough to justify what's going on with front offices right now and ownerships. And these players have the voice. You're absolutely right. And we should absolutely be worried about uh, baseball in 2022 moving on because they are not going to just uh, fork it over and just roll over like a dog um, and, and thinking that, you know, the ownership are going to continue to get whatever they want. It, it's not going to happen. And especially with, I mean, you have the Ricketts simultaneously talking about biblical losses, but also they can yeah. run the park at break even at 20% yes. and having owned the most profitable team or one of the most profitable teams in the sport. The only team with a stadium, by the way, that is a federal landmark. Yep, um, right. And, and they one partial season with no fans and suddenly it's biblical losses. Everyone has to go. We have to get rid of Schwarber. We have to get rid of bad news. We have to get rid of yeah. Amora. All of these people just get kicked to the curb over one shortened season. Yeah, no, you, you're, you're totally right. And it, I mean, I, I totally hear you. I, you know, I would, I know I've talked about it before, but I wouldn't even say that the Schwarber thing, yeah, it was affected by it. You know, bad news potentially. I think they really wanted to make a change in the minor league system, honestly. But overall, it's the, it's the hardworking people who, who work behind the scenes, like the, the, the ushers and all those. I mean, tough man and i get it was during a pandemic i understand it but to cut as many ties as they did shrink the front office like those are some tough moves and again i think where i catch myself a lot and i again i'm not trying to be incredibly skeptical but i just don't know what the balance sheets are i wish i did i wish we all did because who am I to say what they actually lost and what they didn't? I know you can try to connect the dots with 20%. And I totally hear you. And I agree. Um, but I think a lot of the time I, I try to be as reasonable as I can to really understand what's going on. But to back to your original point, they have to figure it out. I mean, both sides have to come together and do what's right for the best uh, for baseball. And I think the players have a much better argument than the owners do. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, I am worried about what's going to happen after this year for sure. I, I've actually got, got one kind of thought to add, and I, I, I am with you guys 100% on the questions about the decisions the front office makes. So I'm not playing devil's advocate. Yeah. But uh, I will make one point that it's like the one shortened season thing without the fans uh, is – is a, it's a remarkable thing to have happened. I mean, in the history of baseball, to go an entire season without fans is, is so intense, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, for sure. And I think back to, I, I won't, I won't talk for very long here, but I think back to nine 11 when the airline industry just one morning woke up and realized they couldn't offer their product anymore. Like the airlines after literally there are stories um, you can look them up of, entire airlines laying off like basically 95% of their workforce after one day of yeah. not being able to offer flights. So the fact that like, I mean, it's totally tragic that, that, I mean, the Cubs had to reduce something like 25% of like front office workforce and a lot of middle, middle management from what I understand lost their jobs. And then not to mention all those like great folks who know and love who are, are ushers and everything. 
and yeah. our, our vendors. Uh, but it's like kind of remarkable that, that um, it's kind of remarkable that I feel like this, this industry has a better chance of rebounding faster than say something like the airline industry. And, and it, it I don't think it reflects the, the bad decisions are easy to call bad in hindsight, but like nobody could have predicted in their like revenue modeling, their balance sheets, what was going to happen in 2020. For and sure. So I, I do give like just a little grace or when it comes to like the financial stuff, because it's like they were rocked, you know, and that and my heart goes out to everybody on it. But that's just an added kind of thought about it. No, you're totally right. And then you're talking about sponsors, you know, kicking out. I mean, all of that type of stuff that I mean, that was their whole going back to what you were saying. That was their whole business model to be able to, you know, put up the big uh, scoreboards and the jumbotrons, to be able to market all these things that before the team couldn't do. And that like, again, I remember vividly uh, back when when Rick had started, like that was his main takeaway. We need to be able to market. We need to be able to have sponsors, so on and so forth. Um, you're totally right. And again. When you buy up basically all of Wrigleyville and you thought it would be a vibrant place and you have all this money tied into it, I totally understand how they would uh, want to, you know, put in some type of, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, contractionary uh, issues to, to figure out how they can to uh, recoup their, their losses. So I try to see both sides with it. Overall, um, I hope things can change uh, and I hope that, again, we can have more fans back in the stands and we can continue to be responsible. I know Adam and I were talking about it a bunch going back to this past weekend with St. Patrick's Day. Hopefully the city doesn't see a spike to where, you know, uh, cases rise again because we need more people in the landmark. We need more people to be involved um, safely, obviously, and hopefully that can be the case. So we'll see what happens. But overall, uh, it's just tough to judge when you don't see the balance sheets all the time. All right, Fred, you want to take us out? I know this, this whole clubhouse has been kind of rightfully so all the questions about what we don't know of right now, but um, there isn't a lot to look forward to. We even heard from me and half today that the, the vibes are good in Arizona. Um, we're seeing a lot of players get hot in spring training. What are you looking forward to these next couple of weeks? Listen, Nothing has, and I get a spring training, nothing has told me that the Cubs cannot compete in this division. And as I've said all offseason, we are in a time of transition. Everyone understands that. We, we're, we're all uh, understanding of what's happening with this team, the, dec- the decisions that have to be made. But this team can still compete for its division. This the team is still a proud team. This team is still you know, excited about playing for the Chicago Cubs. And many of them would love to play here for a long time. I think what's happening in terms of pitch development, R&D, Tommy Hadovy, Craig Breslow is something that the industry will start to catch on and say, you know what? The Cubs have done a really good job doing this, piecing together a bullpen, you know, continuing, finding, finding guys like Adams. Hopefully Workman's another guy. I, I understand Kimbrell's not been very hot or, or here in spring training. I get it. But. They've found a way to make things work, and I think those incremental changes, as the team rebounds from their strategy of uh, uh, low-ceiling, high-floor pitchers, which was a disaster when everyone just threw 91 and 92 when they tried to develop from there. Disaster. The fact that they can actually find a way via the pitch lab, via you know the pitching infrastructure, to actually find real value 
at the back end of whether it be the free agent market, the Rule Five draft, the minor league, uh, minor league trades, what have you. The fact that they can do this should be talked about more. And I'm incredibly excited to see what this team can do. And then you add on a couple extensions. You add on Ian Happ joining the morale, the uh, whatever, the morale family, the clubhouse. Big news is on the way. I'm not going to bury the lead. It will be an exciting season. Hopefully we can find a way to extend some guys. And like I've been saying, guys, it's Cubs in four. We have an opportunity to win the division. This year is all about the NL Central and extensions, figuring out who's going to be on the team in 2022, 23, 24. And we still have that in front of us as we transition through this time. So that's really all I have. I'm very thankful for you all being here. I thought it was awesome that Ian showed up. Uh, Let me know what you think in terms of other ideas. We'll definitely have Ian on uh, where we can actually have a real full on conversation where he's not in the middle of a spring training practice or game. Um, But again, thanks to you all for being here. Um, Let me know if you have any ideas and God bless you and your family. It's about the sport. Don't care where we play. Never have, never will.